Go to our text we're just shouting about. 1 Corinthians 15. And then 2 Corinthians 2. 1 Corinthians 15. And uh, 2 Corinthians 2. What does uh, 1557 say? But thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He's not the God of defeat. He's not the God of going under. Not the God of going down. He's the God of increase. He's the God of abundance. He's the God of victory. Isn't he? Glory to God. Jehovah Nissi. He's the Lord our banner. He's the Lord our victorious leader. And the Lord our victory. Notice what's connected with the victory. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. And notice he's not just thanking the Lord for what has happened in the past. What did he say? Thanks be unto God who gives. That's present and that's future tense. Is he thanking God for victories he hasn't experienced yet? Yeah. Well, that has to be faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen yet, I might say. So when you're thanking God for something like you're doing just a couple of minutes ago, and you hadn't seen it yet, you haven't experienced it yet, The contracts hadn't come in yet. The money's not in the bank yet. The debt's not paid off yet. And yet you are carrying on and acting that way. It's not because of something you've seen and felt. It's because something you believe. And glory to God. Your faith pleases your God. And all things are possible to those that believe. Mm-mm-mm. I'm excited. I'm excited about what's happening for you. Glory to God. I believe we're just going to have a flood of testimonies. We're just, just a flood. We're really going to have to see which ones we can read without taking too much time because they're all going to be so good and so many of them. And they're going to sound like this. The Lord paid this off. The Lord cut that in half, and then the next week he took the rest of it out. <laughs> and in one week, I got more contracts than I'd had in the previous three years combined. In one month, I did more sales than I had the whole of last year. And we just go hear them like this over and over and over and over and over. And even if they don't say it, it's going to be going through your mind, best shape of their life. Glory to God. And not just Financially children's relationships with parents and husbands and wives and spiritually breakthroughs getting free from bondage and habits glory to God and getting out of sin and getting free and being able to live right finding the plan and will of God and doing it how many know when you finally find the plan of God and get in it you got to be the happiest that you've ever been that's just the way it works Best shape of your life. Glory to God. Mm -mm -mm. 
Second Corinthians. <laughs> if folks only knew how much fun we have in here, <laughs> you couldn't get them in the building. Second Corinthians, second chapter, 14th verse. What does it say? Read it out loud with me. Now, thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. Again, not past tense. He's not just thanking God for something that has happened in the past. Always causes us. That's throughout our future indefinitely. Isn't it? Always is tomorrow and the next day and a thousand years from now. Always keeps causing me to triumph and triumph and triumph. That means win. That means overcome. And what's connected with it again? Thanks be unto God. So we've spent some time, and I have the sense in my spirit that we're finishing up on this particular series and this particular topic for now. But I believe it's one of the most important ones the Lord's given me to date. And in fact, I had them to print out some uh, a handout. Uh, these Words that the Lord has given us over the years, I feel, are so significant that, you know, the Lord asked me that question, would you like to know how to increase your capacity to receive? I put those words, several of them, on a sheet, and they have to do with why you need to be thankful and how to, I put down here, how to cultivate a lifestyle of thanksgiving. Recognize, remember, recount, tell it, express it. And those kind of things. So there's a page full of that. And uh, feel free to get that. And there are untold Christians. That are just living a life of uh, misery. And torment. And this is the answer for them. I said this is the answer for them. We've talked about two big things here. In this series. And uh, I want us to review just a little bit. And then there's something really important we're going to get to. You're believing with me right? We saw this, that the spiritual man or woman learns how to thank God before you see a change. Is this important? Is this important to remember every day of your life? Every day. And if we'd train ourselves correctly, then any adversity or problem would immediately throw us into thanksgiving mode. Not thanking God for the disaster. He's not the destroyer. But thanking Him, even though we can't see a way out, thanking Him for bringing us out. And practicing that. The Lord had asked me that question. Keith, would you like to know how to increase your capacity to receive from me? I said, yes, yes, and please, yes. And He said to me, cultivate a lifestyle of thanksgiving. Every word significant. Cultivate it. It's a lifestyle. Something you do night and day. This is on the sheet. These words are on the sheet. But if everything that challenges me causes me to start thanking God for the answer and for the strength and for the grace, the devil is going to frustrate himself. Isn't he? Because I'm not laying down and crying and feeling sorry for myself. That was the second thing we saw. We went over to Matthew. What is it? 16. And we studied and saw how that 
Jesus began to tell his disciples how he was going to be mocked and spit on and scourged and killed and be raised the third day. And Peter took him aside and said, oh, no, 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 Lord, this shall not be to you. And the margin of my Bible says that the Greek there is pity thyself. And we see one of the strongest reactions from Jesus and responses from Jesus. I mean, he wheeled around. He said, you get behind me, Satan. What did he say that to? What was so dangerous? If you read other translations, it brings out, he said, you're tempting me. You're a danger to me. What was such a danger? And friend, if it's a danger to Jesus, what about us? If it's a temptation, if he responds that strongly, what should you and I ought to do? (laughs) Is it dangerous to entertain one thought about feeling sorry for yourself? Oh, it's dangerous. If you're feeling sorry for yourself, if you're pitying yourself, are you being thankful? No. No. And we're going to touch on this as we go further. There's something happens to your mind and it gets dark and you start down a dark path and what you should see, you don't see. And what you need, you're not in a position to receive. What would the devil care if you feel sorry for yourself or not? Why is it such a big deal? Because he knows if you get to feeling sorry for yourself and you begin to quote these words, these two words that are so dangerous that can cut you off from the grace of God, I deserve. Oh, friend, you begin to think like that and feel like that and you begin to wallow in that and think about how you didn't deserve to be treated that way and how you do deserve better and how you are to have this and that. Now, another word the Lord gave to me, he said, you cannot be gracious to someone who feels or believes that they deserve it. You can't receive anything from God except by the grace of God. He owes none of us anything because of what we've done. How many understand half the New Testament is about works versus grace, right? And it should be very plain to us. But if you think you deserve it, if he did it for you, you wouldn't even be thankful because you think you deserve it. You think it just ought to be that way. And you've made it impossible for God to be gracious. Friend, how many know that's a bad situation? You're in a bad place. You can't get help. Oh, but what if you throw your hands up and you say, Lord, I know I've messed up. I know I've come short, but you're so gracious. You're so good. And I'm thanking you by faith that whatever I need, you're going to give me. You're going to, I know I don't deserve it. I know you don't owe it to me, but I know how good you are. And I'm thanking you. How many know the door is open and you can come boldly before the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and find grace? To help in the time of need. And how many know with enough grace you can come out of anything? To my chew. With enough grace you can do anything. And yet it's not you that did it. But the grace of God in you. And when it's all done he gets all the glory. And all the praise. But you're delivered. Whew. So as it comes to pass. That we're in the best shape of our life. What should be coming up from Branson and the surrounding area? I mean a cloud of thanksgiving and praise. And we have seen the climbing cycle of thanksgiving and grace. 
I won't take the time to go over it again, but uh, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians and, and 1 Corinthians 2, both places it talks about how that doing things brings thanksgiving, and then the thanksgiving brings more grace. When more grace comes, what should that cause? More thanks, which qualifies you for even more grace. And then when God pours out His grace and great things happen, if you're smart, you're going to thank Him more than you ever have before. And that just qualified you for even more. He gives His grace to the humble. It's the continuous climbing cycle of thanksgiving and grace. So, uh, People that, you know, shut up in their house and in misery and feeling sorry for themselves. We've learned, we're learning, I should say. No matter how good it is, you can find something to gripe about. I mean, there's people that's multi-billionaires. They got more houses they can live in. They got more cars than they can drive. And they got more clothes than they can wear. And they're in good health. And they just lose their total joy and peace because somebody got them, uh, you know, cherry flavoring instead of vanilla. Am I telling the truth? People just absolutely unhappy. No matter how good it is, you can find something. If you want to be a negative soul, you can find something to find fault, something you don't have, something you're not able to do, and you can focus on that, and you can be unthankful, and you can be miserable. On the other hand, no matter how bad it is, (laughs) how terrible it might be, you can find something to be thankful for. And if you'll choose to look at the right thing and choose to look at the good and be thankful in His light, we see light. I've been to so-called third world countries where people don't have a thing but the rag on their back and sleeping on a dirt floor in a thatch hut. And yet their smile would light up a room. They're happy. They're enjoying life. How can that be that they're actually happy and having more fun than a billionaire sitting in his mansion? It's what they choose to look at. Because you don't just live in a mansion or in a hut. You live in here. Your reality, your experience is not just out here. It's in here and in here. So even if it's lousy out here, if you're having a party in here. (laughs) And even if it's amazing out here, but you're depressed in here. Oh, come on. Can you see it? And wise people and people of faith train themselves that no matter what's going on, they don't look at all the junk. They focus in on the answer. They focus in and start giving thanks for the good. And that's all God needs to bring you right up and right out. Can you say amen? amen. So get these downloads and these CDs and these DVDs to your friends and to your family and people that are suffering from depression anxiety, and you know they're miserable and their life is torment. One of these phrases from the Word could click something in them and begin to set them on a course. And even if they don't see it all in a day or two, it can be a seed song. And they can change the way they think and the way they're living and the way they're operating. Use these tools. Remember, no charge means 
No excuse. <laughs> Can you take some more tonight? Oh, glory to God. Thank you, Master. Go with me, if you would, to First uh, Corinthians 4. And also, I think we'll look in Luke 15. Man, the Lord's helping us. Oh, He's helping us so much. More than we know. Thank you, Master. And the more we thank Him. <laughs> you know, I noticed this years ago. Uh, this is 20-some years ago. About the cultivating the life of Thanksgiving. So I was working on it more. Trying to remind myself of it. So I just thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And it seemed like the more I thanked him, the more stuff happened. And then I'd say, well, glory to God, I got to kick it up a notch. Man, thank, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank. And it seemed like while I'm doing that, something else good happened. And I began to see it. Man, there's a connection here. And yet I'd meet people who say, well, he never does anything for me. I had people tell me that. Well, I don't know. I mean, you're I'm glad you're so happy, but man, my my life is miserable. And he never did. He never gave me a new car. He never put me in a house. He never paid my debts off. Well, I reckon there's any connection. <laughs> if you go around saying nothing good ever happens to me, see, it's almost too simple, isn't it, for people. The word, you know, that the Lord gave Brother Oral Roberts years ago was a powerful prophetic word. What did it say? Something good is going to happen to you today. Hallelujah. Something good. Well, what if you say nothing good ever happens to me? Well, that's going to happen too. You're going to think that you're confirmed in what you're saying and don't realize that your own prophecies come in the past. And somebody say good things are happening. Good things are in motion right now for my life. It's working out for my good. God's glory. Hallelujah. He's bringing me to the best place I've ever been. Glory. Yeah. Glory. Believe it. Believe it. Expect it. Look for it. Seek and you'll find. It'll come to pass. Well, 1 Corinthians 4, did you find it? The problem that people get into is in looking and thinking about these particular things. You know, uh, Jesus said in Luke and other places as well, but he said, uh, the light of the body is the eye. And uh, he talks about looking at the right thing and being full of light, looking at the wrong thing and being full of darkness. Does it matter what you look at? Oh, oh. The Bible says to be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. What you look at makes all the difference. What we've been talking about, with, no matter how good it is or how bad it is, you can choose to look at the right or the wrong thing. One of the key things that people choose at to look wrongly and that bring them down 
is they look at, they think about, they talk about what they don't have. Now don't let this be too simple for you, friends. Is it okay to talk about what you don't have? Mm -mm. I know when I was a first year student at Rhema, Phyllis and I were there and we invited some of our fellow students over to our little (laughs) uh, apartment and shoot them up alley. (laughs) We came out to go to church one Sunday evening and uh, walked to the door and the lights were flashing in the police cars and the guy on the bullhorn said, get back inside. (laughs) Said, well, we better not go out this way. If you got bored, you didn't have to turn the TV on, just raise the blinds and look outside. <laughs> but the Lord brought us through. And uh, they came over. And we fixed what little food we had, and we had good fellowship. Of course, we're students, and, and we're interested in the Word, and we don't know much. And we got on this uh, subject of this particular verse that none of us had a clue what it meant. But we talked about it for two hours. And uh, our conclusion was that it's a hard passage. And it's hard to understand. Oh, man, of course, you know, and you're young and not too smart and full of pride. And you're trying to act like you know more than you do. And there was plenty of that around. And <laughs> You know, quoting stuff, you don't even know what it means. And, and uh, You know what I'm talking about. It's pitiful, really. But it's, you know, youth are particularly susceptible to pride. Because they have the least experience. So they think they know more. And a lot of times, how many of you, you're not as young as you used to be? (laughs) And you can look back and see, you weren't nearly as smart as you thought you were. (laughs) Yeah, every one of us. But uh, they all left, and we're laying down to go to sleep. And I laid down my head on the pillow, and the Lord spoke to my heart. I don't mean I heard an audible voice, but inside me. He said, son, would you like to understand that passage? I thought, yeah. The one we'd been kicking around. And I said, yes, yes. He said, well, now you're further from it than you've ever been. (laughs) And I learned something that it's a powerful word. I hope you're awake now. Are you listening? You're, You're focusing on this. He revealed to me. He said, the more you talk about what you don't know, the more faith you have in your ignorance, the darker it gets. And see, that's what we had done for two hours until we were totally convinced this is hard. This is difficult. Nothing's hard when you see it. (laughs) It's like being in here with all the lights off. And you stumble and you crawl under the chairs and you bump your head on this one and you think, man, this is hard. Getting out of this place is hard. No, it ain't. You just can't see. You turn the light on and you go, ah, there's the aisle right there. And you just walk right out and there's the door. It's only hard when you're blind. And here's the thing. The more unthankful you are, the blinder you'll be. That's not my word. That's Romans. First chapter. But the more unthankful you are, the blinder you'll be. And the Lord said to me, you know, y'all have all agreed how hard it is and how nobody could really know it or understand it. And so now you're further from that than you've ever been. And he began to show me and quoted to me from Psalms. In his light, 
you see light. If you want more light, what should you do? Don't talk about what you don't know. That's darkness. Talk about what you know. Don't talk about what you don't have. That's darkness. Talk about what you have. Oh, I don't have everybody with me. Don't talk about what you're not. Talk about what you are. Don't talk about what you can't do. Talk about what you can do. And even though you don't see it all in that light and thanking God in that light, it'll lead you into more light. And as you talk about what you have, what you have, what you have, he'll show you something else you have you didn't even know you had. Oh, come on, come on. And you'll get excited about that. And then you'll thank him for that. And he'll say, in that light, he'll say, look at this. You didn't know this, but you also have this. Oh, but if you talk about what you don't know, it gets darker. If you talk about what you don't have, it's unbelief and it's unthankfulness and it's ignoring and contradicting what he said. The Lord didn't say you didn't have anything. He didn't say you're nothing. He didn't say you can't do anything. Tell me what the word says. You have all things. You can do all things through Christ. Man, if the enemy's got you tied up and you've been looking and thinking on the wrong thing, let me tell you, if you don't know where else to start, start right here. I'm saved. That's light. That's light. I'm saved. My name's in the Lamb's book of life. I'm a child of God. You're already started coming out. But you start thinking, about, well, I just don't know why that happened. I just don't understand that. Listen to the tone of that. You hear the tone? There's more going on here than ignorance. What is it? Poor pitiful me. I just don't understand. Why? I don't know why the Lord didn't do that. How many know they're saying more than they're saying? What are they saying? Lord, I, you know, I've done my best to serve the Lord. I've been faithful. I've tithed. I've, I, just, I just don't know. What are you saying? What are you saying? You're saying I deserve better than this. I deserve that God should have done this for me. I don't deserve to go through that. What? You're in darkness. And if you stay there, it's going to get darker and darker until you can't see anything. That's not my words. I'm just paraphrasing the scriptures. But in the darkest hole, in the worst, roughest place, you can look up from there and say, Lord, I I don't know much today, but I know this. You're a good God. I know you love me. See, this is light. And you won't be thanking God five minutes knowing him and him knowing you and him loving you. He's going to start showing you other stuff. Oh, come on. Have you been there before? He's going to start showing you in his light. We see light. Oh, we're having breakthroughs in the church. Lives are changing. And friend, if you and I get this and don't forget it and incorporate it into our life, we can be protected and spared from untold grief and problems for the rest of our life. 
Because the enemy will come in and try to get us and we won't yield to it. We'll do just like Jesus. We'll whirl around. I mean, the first temptation or thought about us feeling sorry for ourselves. We'll jump up. We'll go, no, you don't. No, you don't. Uh-uh. I ain't going for that. God's been good to me. He's been good to me. He has brought me through. And I'm going to praise Him. I'm going to thank Him. And immediately, you're already coming up. All the devils in hell can't hold you back. Said out loud, in his light, I see light. We must discipline ourselves, not allowing ourselves to talk about what we don't have, what we don't know, what we can't do. We must treat this like cuss words. It's actually more dangerous than cuss words. Well, that stuff is just by words, just exclamation. This stuff has spiritual death in it. Can you see it? Yes, Say it out loud. I must not, I must not allow, myself allow myself to think about, to think about or, talk about, or talk about or listen to others, listen to others about what I don't have, what, I don't have, what, I'm, not, what I'm not, what I don't know, what I can't do. I refuse. To yield to it, to to dwell on it, to to talk it. it. Well, if you're not going to talk about that, what are you going to talk about? What what are you going to talk about? We're going to talk about what we are. We're going to talk about what we can do. We're going to talk about what we do know. We're going to talk about what we have. And in that light, more. Will come. Look in 1 Corinthians 4. Glory to God. (laughs) If we'd have done this in past years of our life, we would have been saved. So much trouble. We can't change that, but we can sure change the future. 1 Corinthians 4 and verse uh, 7. 1 Corinthians 4 7 says, who makest you to differ from another, and what hast thou that thou didst not receive? Now, if you did receive it, why do you glory as if you had not received it? The easy to read verses is, who do you think you are? <laughs> Everything you have was given to you. How many know every good gift, every perfect gift comes down from above, from the Father of lights? With whom is no variableness or or turning. So if everything you have was given to you. Why do you act as if you got it all by your own power? See if you think you did it. You're not going to be thankful for it. You're going to be looking for somebody else to pat you on the back. And tell you how amazing you are that you did all that. But if you know it was handed to you. It was given to you. Then you're going to say thank you. Go to Luke 15. With that in mind, I want to remind you of this story. This thing that happened that Jesus told about. Luke 15 and 11. I know you've heard this, but do you believe there are things in this chapter that you haven't heard before? Even things you've heard many times or things in those you haven't heard and seen. Believe with me on it as we read it. Verse 11, Luke 15, 11. 
Jesus said a certain man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. And he said, Boy, you'll get it when I'm gone. How dare you come over here and talk to me about your inheritance and I'm still alive. Don't bring it up. Did he say anything like that? What did he say? What did he say? What did he do? He said, well, I'll call my man over at the bank and my lawyer. The papers will be drawn up and it'll be done today, end of business today. And it'll be in your name and you can draw it out if you want to. Did it happen? Something like that. Did it happen? Couldn't he told him something else if he wanted to? Now you've read this story. Does this man, this father, does he represent the father? Oh yeah, absolutely. There are volumes of revelation through here. Was he mad at the boy for wanting to lay hold of his inheritance right now? No. This is something that hadn't been taught with this. The boy hasn't messed up yet. Oh, do you see it? Some people would have called him too forward. They would have called him presumptuous. They would have said, how dare you? Couldn't the father have told him something like this if he'd wanted to? Couldn't he have corrected him if he'd wanted to? But he didn't. He said, that'll be just fine. <laughs> we'll get it in your name today. Didn't he do it? So there must not have been anything wrong with that. It's important to know it. It's important. I mean, we're dealing with hundreds of years of wrong stuff preached over pulpits that your mind's dealing with right now. You mean it was okay for him to get all that stuff? Yeah, it was okay for him to get all that stuff. Now. Now, now that's the key word. Now. Not having to wait till the sweet by and by. He said, Daddy, he said, yeah, boy. He said, why I got to wait? Why can't I just get all that money right now? He said, well, I don't know of any good reason why you can't get all your money right now. I'll just take care of it. He said, really? Yeah. Soon as the money hit the bank, here's where the boy starts messing up. He thinks it is party time. Pulls out all his money. Must have been substantial, huh? Did I lose somebody somewhere? Not many days after the younger son gathered all together. I guess he hung around a week or two. I skipped over something we don't need to skip over. The younger of them said, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. And he divided unto him. Uh Uh-uh, uh-uh. How many boys he got? Two. Them. Did he do the same thing for the older boy? Did he do the paperwork? Did he have it transferred? He had it put in his name, just like he did the younger boys. Yeah, he did. He did. And not many days after that, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. 
He did whatever he's big enough to do. He blew all his money. When he spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land. <laughs> Just about the same time he ran out of money, there's an economic crunch. How many know the devil will set you up? He will set you up. If you'll follow him, it'll just get worse and worse. He began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. How many know party friends are not real friends? They're only there as long as the drugs last. As long as the alcohol flows. huh? As long as the money lasts. I've seen people bless their hearts that they're so hurt when they realize that none of those folk were their friends. Well, the truth is they never were your friend. Well, my friends left me. No, you never had any friends there. (laughs) They never were your friends. And you just didn't have enough sense to realize that they're just using you. So don't blame them. Oh, boy, I lost some more folks. (laughs) Really, if you let somebody use you, whose fault is it? You have the Holy Spirit, the spirit of wisdom inside you. If you'd have prayed, if you'd have listened, he'd have told you, don't do that. Don't give them that money. Don't do this thing. Don't be involved in that anyhow. And if you'd have listened to him, if we'd all had listened to him, nobody could have taken advantage of us. We wouldn't have got involved with it. We wouldn't have gone that far with it. So whose fault is it that we got taken advantage of in so many of these situations? It's because we didn't listen. We didn't pray. We didn't ask. We just did it. But we're growing. We're learning. Putting those foolish times behind us. And uh, he began to be in want. He went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent him into his fields to feed swine. How many know that's low for a Jewish boy? (laughs) And he was so hungry. He got to looking at the pig food. The husks. And he got thinking, well, you know, those pigs like that. They look like they like it. You know, it don't look all that bad. He seriously considered getting down there with them and eating. Mm. I mean, no sin will bring you low. It's sad. Right now, I caught a glimpse just when I said that. There are men and women of God that used to stand in pulpits that are hugging toilets tonight. And one of the nastiest, oh, what would you call it? It's supposed to be a club, but it's below club in my eyes. I saw it just like that. And they're sitting there, drunk out of their head, nasty, nasty, nasty. And they used to stand behind the pulpit. Sad. Lord, have mercy on them and give them grace. Nothing's too far gone for you. If you got family like that, it's not too late. I said it's not too late. Just like this story right here. They can come out. But sin will bring you low. Lower than you ever thought you would go. So don't start down that path. The Bible said, when he came to himself. That'll preach right there, won't it? When he came to himself. Glory to God. He said, how many hired servants of my father have bread enough and despair, and I perish with hunger? Man, my daddy's, uh, the people that work for him, they live good. And I'm his son, and I'm out here about to bow down and get in this pig trough. He came to himself. 
Somebody say he came to himself. Well, where was he before this? Where was he before this? He was not at himself. What got him there? Sin. You'll get to where you don't have to know what you're doing. He wasn't at himself. Oh, but by the mercy of God, he came to himself and he said, you know, I'm going to rise. I'm going to go to my father. How many know a lot of people would not have done this? Why? Too proud. That's how you can. Pride goes before a fall. That's how you can be completely destroyed. No matter how bad you've messed up, when the Lord deals with you, go humble yourself and go do this or that. Go back. Go do this or that. How many know if you want to survive, if you've got any sense, you better humble yourself. You better do what he tells you to do. He said, I'm going to go back. I'm going to say to my father, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. How many know no need going there trying to give a bunch of explanations and, and around the world stuff? Just go admit it. I blew it. And I'm not worthy to be called your son anymore. Just make me as one of your hired servants, if you would. And he arose and he came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion on him. Oh, how many of the whole time the father was wanting him to come back? He knew he was messing up. He knew he was doing some wicked stuff. But he still loved him. He despised what he was into, but he still loved him. Didn't he? And every day he was wanting him to come back. Every day he was wanting him to come home. Every day. The father saw him and had compassion. Love moved him. And he ran. Somebody say ran. Ran. He ran. And fell on his neck. Just grabbed him. Fell on him in a hug. I mean that's a big hug there. Kissed him. How many know he probably didn't smell too good? (laughs) He probably didn't look good. But love sees past all that. And his son said, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight. I'm not more worthy to be called your son. And he's about to go into the rest of his speech that he's planned about, you know, if you'd just hire me, if you could just put me on, I don't care at the least position, just so I could have a, a job in the company somewhere. But he, the father interrupted him and wouldn't let him finish. Oh, what a good father we have. He said, hey, he called to his, his people that helped him. He said, hey, uh, go get my best suit of clothes. You know that $15,000 suit that they made for me, that tailor made? Go get that. And you know those thousand dollar shoes I have? Go get them. And you know that hundred thousand dollar watch that I've got? Go get that. And you know that big one of a kind diamond ring that I got? They've been trying to buy. You know the shakes been trying to buy for me. Go get that. Go get that. And you know the calf that we've been feeding. You know the special food and fatten him up again. Go prepare him. I want the best beef. I want the best roast. I want the best bread. Go get that special cake that I like, you know. And go, you know that band that we like so good. Go get them. And hire them. I don't care if they got another gig. Pay them twice what they're getting and bring them over to the house tonight. Get them over here. And go tell all the kin folks and go tell all the neighbors that baby boy, baby boy has come home tonight. 
He's back. He's back. And I mean, the activity just buzzed all over this man's great estate. People are working everywhere. I mean, they're putting streamers up in the trees. They're polishing the floors. They're decorating the windows. He said, I want it to be the biggest party we've ever had. You know, God must like parties. How many of you don't have to get drunk and act stupid to have a party? So they brought this best robe. They put it on him. I guess pig stinking all. They put that great big diamond ring on his nasty hand. With his fingernails that hadn't been trimmed in two months. (laughs) Well, he just come from the pig pen, right? And uh, he said, you bring the the fatted calf and you kill it, you get it ready. Let's get ready to eat. We're going to be married tonight. For this, my son was dead. He was as good as dead. But it's like he's back from the dead. He's alive again. Here he is. I wondered if I'd ever see him again. Here he is. Back home. He was lost. But not anymore. He's found. And they begin to be merry. I mean the band rolled in. They set up the big amplifiers. Or the equivalent of it. And I mean you could have heard the music. You know a county away. And I mean there was dancing. And there was shouting. There was hollering. There was people saying, what in the world is going on? Did they start the county fair early this year? <laughs> nah, you know, it's over at Mr. So-and-so's house. What happened? Oh, that just came up all at once. We don't know, man. It's a giant party over there. How many know when a big party goes on? A lot of people come out and just see what's going on. And so, I mean, the party just got bigger and bigger. A lot of folk going, why are we here? I don't know, but that is some good beef. I'm telling you. Have you had that beef? Man. <laughs> And uh, verse 25, his elder son was in the field. Been a hot day. Worked out in the field all day. He's dusty, tired. Wants to get a bath and go to bed. Eat something, go to bed. He got close to the house and he hears this music. And this is interesting. He heard the dancing. (laughs) I don't know if they clogging or what they're doing, but man... That's some dancing when you can hear it before you get to the house. (laughs) Maybe they had wood floors. I don't know. But he heard the music and dancing before he got there. And he called one of the servants. He said, what's going on? I didn't know we were having a party. And he said, your brother is come. And your father has killed a fatted calf because he received him safe and sound. And the elder brother said, oh, thank God. Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, how many know he shoulda? He shoulda. This story is much more about thanksgiving than what you may have seen. No. What can you do instead of give thanks? What'd he do? He got mad, didn't he? Next verse, put it up for us. He was what? Angry. Angry. Are you thankful when you're angry? 
Oh, friend, get a clue. Put something up in your mind. Let it alert. The Bible said, be angry, but what? And sin not. And the wrath of man doesn't work the righteousness of God. When you get mad, are you thankful? No, you're not thankful. And that's a problem. He got mad. And he wouldn't go in. Staying out there fuming. Now they in there. Having a great time. He's out here. Miserable. Tormented. Why? He's mad. He's unthankful. He doesn't appreciate it. Does he see this the way the father sees it? Is the father thankful? How many know if the father's thankful, what should you be? You should be thankful. If he's thankful and says, let's rejoice and have a party, and you get mad, you are following somebody else's lead, not the father's spirit. This is the devil's spirit. And how many know the longer you stay out there and think about it, the madder you're going to get? Big thing that made him mad, though, was what? Because they're having a party for him. That is the thing that's chafing him till he can't stand it. Because we know just a few moments later, he said, you never gave me a party. He is choking on this. So is he thankful that the brother's getting a party? Far from it. What is he saying? Now, the D word is here. Isn't it? What is it? He doesn't deserve that. What else comes right behind him? I, I, if anybody around here deserves a party, it's me. I'm sure you got all sarcastic. I guess that's what I need to do. Is go blow all the daddy's money on prostitutes and they'll throw me a party. But no, you stay here and try to keep the business going. And you stay here and work like a slave night and day. And this is how you get treated. But all the while he's doing all this, you can hear the dancing. (laughs) And the laughing. And the singing. And the partying. So who's he hurting? He ain't hurting nobody but his own self. Is he? Is he miserable? Oh, he's miserable. He's miserable. He's tormented. And he's doing it to himself. How kind our Father is, though. I said he is so kind that he went out to him and entreated him. Entreat. So kind. If he entreated him, he talked to him. Reckon what he said to him. Come on. Come on inside. Come on, let's rejoice. Baby boys, come home. <laughs> come on. And while he's been kicking the dirt and fuming and steaming out there. He's been practicing what he's going to say to daddy next time. How many of this is always the way it works? And how many of when you're in that mode there's about three imps sitting on your shoulder feeding you text. (laughs) 
Don't say upset. Say furious. (laughs) Don't say you're unhappy. Say it's a shame and a disgrace. He'll substitute the words for you. He'll get it so that you're sure to do as much damage as possible when you release your venom. So he's fuming and he's steaming. His daddy says, ah, number one, son, come on in the house. Come on, boy, they got the teriyaki beef like you like. (laughs) And we got those extra big tacos like you like. Come on in here. Hey, you know that band? You're like, we got them. Don't you hear them, man? And boy, they sound better than I've heard them in years. Come on. Come on in here. He said, no. I ain't coming. How many know this is disrespect? Your father, your elder, ask you to do something? He said, no, I ain't going to do it. Is this the nature of the devil himself? No, I ain't going to do it. Here's his little speech. He said, lo. See, he starts out, he's going to be eloquent. Lo. These many years, I serve you. Has he planned this? No, he's rehearsed this over and over. Neither transgressed I at any time. Your commandment. You believe that? I don't believe. In all these years, he ain't never missed it. Oh, baloney. And yet, and I'm sure he had this plan too. Now a little tear comes to eye. And yet. You never gave me a little bitty goat. <laughs> so I could have a little fun with, with my friends. <laughs> Did you know the devil is the original actor? Oh, you talk about Academy Award. Let me read this to you from some other translation. The NET says, These many years I have worked like a slave for you. Now let's just stop right here. Is he thankful? There's not a shred. Is he unthankful? That boy's had a good life. Hasn't he? He's got a daddy that loves him. Probably a mama that loves him. They got a successful business. He's been well fed. How many know he's got a job? He just come in from a job where he probably gets paid real good. He's got a place to live. He's got food to eat. He's got clothes to wear. Probably got a family of his own. Totally unthankful, isn't he? Can you see the blindness that has come in? He can't see anything except this. He said, I never disobeyed your commands. Yet you never gave me even a goat. So I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours. You wouldn't call him his brother. He came back. Who has devoured your assets with prostitutes. (laughs) You killed the fatted calf for him. Work like a slave. You wouldn't even give me a goat. 
The Weiss translation says he flew into a rage that was the explosive outlet of a long-time resentment against his brother. A resentment that had been smoldering in his breast. Does he feel deprived? Does he believe he's been mistreated? That he's not been given what he deserves? With him feeling like this and believing this, is it possible for the Father to be gracious to him? No. Anything he would do for him, he would take it like it was owed to him. He's made it impossible for the Father to be gracious to him. Oh, can you see this? What did the father say? He said to him, son, you are ever with me. You're always with me. And all that I have will one of these days, all that I have in the sweet by and by, one of these days you're going to wind up with, no, no. No, back up to the previous verse. He divided unto them. Do you mean to tell me this boy has had all these resources available to him all this time? It's been in his name and he doesn't realize it? He doesn't know it? How could you be so blind that he don't even have a goat? Friend, this is what unthankfulness does to you. It blinds you till you can't see what belongs to you. You can't see what you already have. Oh, are y'all with me tonight? Is this bad stuff? This phrase is so powerful because we know this represents the Father God. And has He really told us all that I have? Is yours? Has he told us that? Jesus said all the Father has is mine. And he said the Spirit of God is going to take of mine. He's going to show it to you. And we're told that the Spirit of God has been given to us. So that we might find out and know all the things that have been freely given to us of God. And if God wouldn't spare his own son but delivered him up for us. How should he not with him also freely give us all things, First Corinthians says, all things are yours. He's given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Well, that covers it all, my brother. Somebody say all things. All things. All things. If you look up the literal rendering on some of these words, I got to shouting about it earlier today. It says it like this. All the things that are my things are your things. What's he saying? You know, every time I read this and think about this, I think about my own dad, who's in heaven now. And uh, when I was able to, I'd, even after I'd left home and in the ministry, I'd come back and visit when I could. And uh, he always had several cars around he was tinkering with, working on, and he'd fix them up, and he'd sell them or keep them or whatever. And mom's always cooking, you know, country places you're always cooking you're supposed to eat whenever you come no matter what i mean i i come up to grandma's and she'd say you're hungry and i go i just got it from the table oh well what do you want 
<laughs> Mom, really, I'm stuffed. She says, I got some fresh stuff that I just got over here. And she pull out about 90 things and sit them all over. The, and you can't just walk away. You're supposed to taste them. But I know that if I, I can see the little step right now at their house. If I came and sat down on that step and was pouting. And dad came by and he said, uh, what's wrong, son? Well. How many of you know all you need to know right now? Just hearing that word, don't you? Question is, can you identify it when it comes out of your mouth? What does that tone tell you? Well, what is that? Pitiful what? Me. Is that ever okay? Is there ever a legitimate reason and an excuse for that? Never. Never. Ever. It's always wrong. But if I said, well, I've been wanting to take a little trip. I've been wanting to go somewhere. You never offered me any of these cars. (laughs) He's going to be with the Lord, but I can see his eyes right now. He'd look at me and go, boy, (laughs) boy, you know. Everything I've got here. You can drive any time. You... It would have made him mad. It would have upset him. Are we to imagine. That my natural dad loves me more than our heavenly father. Is it true then. That all things that he has. Are ours. Then when people are tormented and upset and miserable. Because they're not enjoying things. And blaming him. Is it true. It's not true when this older boy looked at him and said, you never gave me anything. It is a lie from the pit. And some way or another, he's convinced himself of this. Was it true that the father never gave him anything? The father had given him everything he had. So what? when the father says, son, I know you're always with me. I know what you're doing. I know how hard you work. I know how many of the Father knows everything you're doing. And He is not unrighteous to forget your labor of love. And you are you kidding me? No way, no how. He knows everything you ever did for any of His. If you ain't seen reward yet, you will. He'll never forget it. He said, "You're always with me, and I know that." He said, all that I have is yours. All of my things are your. They are your things. What do you mean you never gave me anything? It's not true. What does it mean? What's it? Without saying it, what's in there? Boy, <laughs> you want a party? Have a party. I'm going to say, this is also the elder son. Why should he need to be babied? He should know some things. Why does the father need to send him an invitation? Boy, you want to wear a good suit? You know where the closet is? You want to wear a ring? You know where the jewelry box is? You want to throw a party? You know where the stuff is? Everything I got has been yours all along. It's your, but friend, do you understand? His unthankfulness had completely blinded him to that. 
so that he's miserable and tormented, believing he don't have it, and he can't do it, and he can't be it. What do you think he talked about every day when he got up and went to work? What do you think he talked to the other employees of the company about? What do you think he talked about? He talked about what he couldn't do. He talked about what he didn't have, didn't he? And he talked about how that sorry brother of his took half a day of his money. Could this story be repeated thousands of times over? I'm talking about men and women that go to church and raise their hands. But every day they get up and they're bitter, they're bitter, and they start talking about how sister or brother stole this from mama's stuff and daddy's stuff and about how so-and-so beat them out of their job. And, and friend, as long as you do that, you're going to stay miserable because you're believing a lie because the truth is, it's all already yours. And if you'd get to thanking God and get to raising your hands and get to walking in the light, you don't have to look to somebody else for what they got in their hand. God's got more than that. But if he can't break you out of that stupor and that misery and that bitterness and that anger, he can't help you. You're stuck. And who would you be hurting? Only yourself. How many would say tonight, my feelings are for myself days are over. My griping and belly aching about what I don't have. Over. Over. Train yourself at the very tone. Well, nobody. What? Whoa, did that come out of my mouth? That surely that didn't come out of my It's time to say, get behind me, Satan, just like Jesus did. <laughs> I reckon somebody could just sit here and die. Whoa, whoa, who said that? Who? That Surely that wasn't me. I rebuke that. I rebuke that. God has been so good to me. If he never did another thing for me, it would be enough for me to shout about the rest of my life and eternity. In closing, let me remind you. Go ahead, stand up on your feet. You don't have to take notes on this, just listen. (laughs) Glory to God. Don't think about what you don't have. Think about what you have. I wanted to remind you just a little bit about what you have. Scriptures. Romans 5 says, we have peace. With God. Ephesians says we have redemption through his blood. Somebody say we ha- I have it. He went on to say we have obtained an inheritance. Isn't that what we just got through reading? Did he have an inheritance? We got an inheritance. We have boldness and access by faith. We have a great high priest that's passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. How many know he ever lives to make intercession for Don't ever say you don't have anybody. You got somebody. You got the greatest somebody. We have been made partakers of the inheritance of the saints in life. We have been delivered from the power of darkness. We have been translated into the kingdom of God's dear Son. We have. 
We have passed from death unto life. We got something to shout about about what we have. We have. We have the mind of Christ. The Bible says. We have been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We have been given all things that pertain unto life and godliness. We have. Somebody say, I have. I have. I have. Let me tell you a little bit about who you are. Can you take a little more? We're not going to think about what we're not. We're going to think about what we are. Who we are. The Bible said... We are the children of God. We are members of His body and His flesh and His bones. We are His own workmanship. We are His own handiwork. We are the Lord's. We're sanctified. We have been made more than conquerors. Somebody say, I am. More than a conqueror. We're ambassadors for Christ. We've been made the righteousness of God in Him. Somebody say, I am. am. Say it again, I am. am. He said, we are of God. He's not ashamed to call us His brothers. Say, I am His brother. I am am the Father's Son. I am am more than a conqueror. I am am righteous. I am am made holy. holy. Hallelujah. Talk about that. Think about that. Give thanks for that. (laughs) Woo! And real briefly, let me tell you about what you can do. Huh? What can you do? He said you can put on the whole armor of God and you're able to stand against the wiles of the devil. You're able to resist. You're able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. He said you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Somebody say, I can. Say, I have. I am. I can. Now, friend. The more you get to thinking about that and thanking God about that, you know what's going to happen? More grace will come up in you. More knowledge will come up in you. More strength will come up in you. More revelation will come up in you. There's no defeat in that, is there? You say it a different way, don't you? I guess I'm just going down. Uh Uh-uh. I can do all things. Totally different tone, isn't it? I'm coming out of this by the grace of God. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I don't care what I see. I don't care what they say. I don't care what I feel. I'm about to come into the best place of my life. I don't know what it's going to take to do it, but I know it's no problem for God. He is big enough and more than enough to do it. And he is well able to bring me out of all of this and to put me in the best shape I've ever been in. It's happening. Glory to God. Somebody say glory to God. Oh, just lift up your hands. Begin to praise Him. Begin to thank Him. Begin to give Him glory. Oh, Lord, we praise You. Oh, Lord, we give You glory. Oh, Lord. Thank You.
This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.